Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Love Curvy Yoga. As always, we're so thankful to have you. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please like it and subscribe and screenshot it while you're listening to it and tag us in it on social media (laughs) and all of that stuff. Before we jump in this week, I just wanted to give you a heads up that Curvy Yoga Certification Registration opens on Sunday, April 21st. So keep your eye on your email for that. And Curvy Yoga Certification is an online course for people who are already certified yoga teachers. So it's just an additional Um, training that you can get. And you'll hear us use this language a lot, but it's really just tools for your toolbox about how to create spaces in your yoga classes um, where you can serve people of all different shapes and sizes and body types. And yeah, so that is a great resource for those of you who are already yoga teachers. So keep an eye on that. Um, Yeah, it's awesome. And I was actually just talking to someone the other day who was like, I really, I really want to do the certification, but that means that I have to become a yoga teacher first. And I was like, yes, that is exactly what that means. So this is for people who are already yoga teachers. Okay, so now we're just going to jump right in. Um, my practice notes <laughs> this week are really just like a love letter to legs up the wall. Um I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know that there's any notes here to, <laughs> to be given. But if you don't practice legs up the wall, um, and it isn't because you don't enjoy it, um, it's just maybe because I used to practice a, a kind of yoga where there was no legs up the wall. I didn't even know that that was a thing. So if you've never practiced it, please practice it <laughs> or try. <laughs> My practice notes for this week are really just that legs up the wall is basically, I don't know, it's just one of the best things ever. So if you do practice legs up the wall and you love it, I would encourage you to give that to yourself today as a gift. Um, And if it's something that you have not experienced in your practice, I would highly encourage it. The easiest way to get into it is to literally sit one of your hips on the wall and just kind of swing your legs up um, and just spend some time there. You could do legs wide. You could bring your legs together. A lot of times we like to teach it with a strap um, wrapped around your ankles or like your calves. Um, and the strap is kind of big enough so that your legs can be whatever distance apart you want them to be. So you're not really doing a whole lot of work with your legs up there. Um, but yeah, I did legs up the wall the other day kind of unintentionally. Um, I just ended up there. (laughs) Don't ask questions, just go with it. Um, And I was like, oh, this, every time I'm here, I'm just really happy. So there's my practice notes for the week. Oh, okay. We are going to jump right into corner of the curve. And um, on this corner of the curve, Anna and I are just sharing with you guys some of the things that we have let go in our practice at least for now. So if you've been around long enough, I'm sure that you have heard one or both of us talk about seasons of life and how things ebb and flow and change in life and in our yoga practice. And so we're just going to talk to you about some things that maybe we used to practice or we used to do that we don't anymore. And maybe someday we will, and maybe someday we won't. So here we go. Okay. So 
we want to talk about things that we have let go of in our practice. And one of the main reasons I think we were interested in this conversation is that there, I feel like you can tell me what you think, Liz, but I feel like there's so much talk about what you're adding to your practice. Always. So yeah, time, poses, energy, et cetera, you know, all the things we can add. Yeah. Um, that, you know what, I'm all about what can we let go of. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm like, let's just make it simpler. Yeah, let's simplifying. Yes. Yeah, that's good. So we're going to share some things that we have let go of in our own practices. Um, and I'll add, like, at least for now, which is not to say yes. that we might not add some, some of this back. Totally. I feel like it's always an ebb and flow for me personally. Yeah. So I will kick it off. Um, one of the things that I have let go of, and I, something I feel like I let go of years ago, but I can't really pinpoint exactly when, is aspirational poses. Yeah. And by that I mean the poses that you usually would see, you know, in a magazine or whatever, the ones where you're just like, how is this person's body even doing this? I don't understand. <laughs> or you have to ask uh, someone else, like, what is happening in this picture? That happened the other day. I saw a picture on Instagram and I had to show my daughter because I was like, I'm unclear about what is going on here. Can you tell me? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Instagram is a great example. There's so many of those that I see that I'm just like, yeah, is this person made of jello? Well, it was very confusing. It was very. um, What's that movie? Um, Oh, I just like ruined the moment. The Exorcist. (laughs) totally um in the past I had times where I was like "Ooh, I really want to do this or that relatively simple compared to some of the things we were just talking about um handstand or whatever yeah um and now I just I try to think of a way to say this but there's no other way to say it except that I don't care (laughs) (laughs) it's just like so not on my radar yeah as Anything that I care about or am interested in. Oh my gosh, I'm uh, <laughs> And part of that is like, oh, at, at one point I did a handstand and I did headstand for a little while. So like I've done it. Yeah. But also when I did, I was just like, okay. Like it was cool. Like I that. did it. Yeah. It's right. And then I was like, I'm over it. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I just don't have any aspirational poses. I feel like my aspiration, which is really not even something that I think about in my life that much in general, but um, is more to the off the mat stuff of living it yeah. than particular poses. Yeah, that's really good. I love that. I it was just, I was, it made me think like, I think the last time that I did a handstand was in YTT. Not one mm-hmm. that we were teaching together, the one where you taught me. <laughs> I did it and it was the first time I've ever done it and I felt like look what I did I'm good yeah right yeah that's hilarious (laughs) um so mine would be the way that I practice you've probably heard me talk about how my first class was a hot class Mm -hmm. and it was a Bikram class um and I practiced Bikram for a, a while and then I moved to just hot Um, It wasn't necessarily Bikram, but it was still um, hot yoga. 
And I haven't taken a hot yoga class in a long time. Um, and this is definitely, and at least for now, for me, because I definitely, I enjoy it. Um, and we'll definitely probably incorporate it consistently again at some point. But for the longest time, this was just like a thing in my own head. If I wasn't practicing hot, I felt like I wasn't practicing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really had to just like talk myself down off that ledge. Like <laughs> this, the hot practice, the hot part of your, of you practicing is not the yoga. Like you, you know, sweating has nothing to do with the practice. And so for me, that's one thing that I have let go of that, expectation that was really only there for me because it was how I started and I didn't really know any different. Yeah. Um, well, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it was, that was it. Like I had never, I knew that not, I knew that practicing hot was an option. It was something that people did, but it just wasn't something that I had ever done. And so I had to kind of just like have a, you know, come to the yoga mat moment with myself. <laughs> Mm -hmm. That's good. (laughs) About how like this isn't about you. You're still practicing if you're not like drenched in your own sweat. So (laughs) I feel like that's so good because there's so many other things that applies to too. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Whatever we're telling ourselves makes it yoga. You know, whether it's like a certain teacher or the temperature of the room, totally. Mm -hmm. It is a lot more than that. Yeah. I think that's really good. Yeah, that's good. And also, then you came to Curvy Yoga, and I was like, let's turn on the air conditioner. <laughs> so Real talk. I mean, hot. honest <laughs> to God, the first time that I practiced yoga that wasn't heated was in YTT. <laughs> it was the only, it was the first time. And were you like, oh, it's not so bad to not be roasting? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> she said, let's turn on the air conditioner. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, Okay. So another one that I don't do anymore is justify anything about my practice. Yeah. So there used to be times where I don't know when this would come up like online or in person where people would sort of say like, Oh, do you ever do? It was almost always something more physically intense. Yeah. Um, Like, do you ever do this pose or that pose? And I would kind of like try to find a way to hedge it. Uh, and this was relevant both to my own practice, people might be asking me that, or my teaching. Yeah. Um, and I would always feel a little defensive and kind of like, oh, let me find a way to kind of be like, no, but yes, but you know. Whatever. Right. Yep. Uh, and now I'm just like, no, I don't, <laughs> like, whatever you're asking me, I don't do that. Yep. Or, or more likely I come from the aspect of this is what I do and why, and, like, that's it. Yeah, it that's good. Need kind of a, a whole yeah you don't have to write a whole chapter about why you're doing the things the way you are right exactly. yeah <clears throat> um, and it feels really good to not feel like I have to defend myself to other people or honestly even to myself which is probably just as big of a part of it yeah um, it's just feeling more at home and secure in my practice just is what it is yeah and no one else's like input is really needed yeah. in my personal practice. That's right. Or so. any other area of your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Now with teaching, you know, when students have questions or whatever, of course, I'm happy to answer that. That's yeah. different. Um, but just in my own practice, I'm just like, this is what I'm doing. Yeah, the that's, <laughs> I really like that. That's good. Well, my next one is um, I have let go of, and this is a little bit similar to yours, but I've let go of this weird idea in my head that I had that like my yoga practice wasn't complete unless I practiced three days a week. So mm-hmm. this was some weird like standard again that in the beginning I set for myself. Um, it was probably three days a week because that was probably all I could afford <laughs> to do was to go three days a week. Um, and so that was just what it came what or that that's just like what it became. And I don't know why, but I, and I and I know that other people I've talked to people about this, but there was just something about like it felt incomplete if I did not go three days a week. Like those, mm. the two times that I went were not good enough, um, or if it was one time or whatever. And now, I mean, I'll go a whole week and not and not, you know, do like a full yoga practice. There's definitely you know poses that happen and things like that, but I won't practice for an hour and a half, three times a week. And that's okay. But that it really took some letting go for me of this idea that like, I have to show up on my mat three times a week. Like that's what's best for me at minimum. Like that's what's best mm-hmm. for me. That's what I need to be doing. Um, and sometimes like, especially the older the kids have gotten, that's just not realistic. And I was forced to let it go. Right. Um, and to not somehow let that be some reflection on, one, am I allowed to be a yoga teacher? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, you know, am I doing what's best for, of course I'm, do, I'm doing what's best for myself. Um, so yeah, I've let that number and those, you know, I think we all have numbers in our heads pertaining to a lot of things, but I think a lot of people feel like I have to show up this many days a week to do this or it doesn't feel complete. And so I've let go of that idea that practicing three times a week means a complete yoga practice. Cause that's some weird rule that I created in my own head. Yeah. I think it's so important to unpack that because there's so many different aspects of it too, in terms of three days a week. And you're also saying that that means going to an hour and a half class, not just three times a week that you sit on your mat. And yeah. Yeah. And then also I think it's, Maybe this is just me because it's my personal inclination to give up. (laughs) But I think in the past when I had things like that, it would often feel like, well, if I can't do this, why am I doing it? Why am I doing it it at all? Yes. Yeah. Versus being like, oh, I could just like let myself off the hook or redefine this for myself. Yeah. And still keep something that I love part of my life. Yes. That's so good. I love that. (laughs) That's real. That's yeah. That's really good. Yeah, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. And trust me, I'm telling that to myself. Yeah, <laughs> I do think more than anyone listening. Yeah, I think so often we we create our own expectations for something for ourselves. And then if we don't meet those expectations, we throw the whole thing away. Um, and we don't have to do that. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah. And so many expectations are formed by things in society. And then we sort of drill it in with like yeah. a specific number or whatever and then feel like well it's either everything or nothing nothing. yeah there's very little in life that's everything or nothing yeah that's good okay so let us know if there are things that you have let go of in your practice i would be so curious to hear about this me too i'm super curious too (laughs) 
Yeah, so send us a message on Instagram, comment on something, uh, send us an email, and let us know, and we are going to move into our next segment. Yep. All right, we are back. I hope that you enjoyed that. I am going to give you my resource for the week. So it's a little bit different than, <laughs> than usual. I don't even know. Listen, I don't. I didn't know if my practice notes were practice notes. I don't know if this is technically a resource. I'm just having one of those weeks. But this is for those of you that get manicures or maybe have had not great experience with manicures and so you don't. Um, I really like to have a manicure. It's helpful for me. It keeps my nails from breaking and all of that stuff. And, you know, since gel came on the market, it's great because now you can pay to get a manicure and it lasts more than a few days. But I'm pretty hard on my nails. I spend a lot of time like putting furniture together and spend a lot of time like in the garden. Um, And so even a gel manicure would really only last me like five or six days before it would start to peel. Well, I started going to a new nail salon here. If you live in Nashville, you can check out the Lacquer Lounge. Uh, Good luck getting an appointment. (laughs) But they do something called a dry manicure. And it's the only thing, it's the only option that they have. I mean, they have lots of options, but they don't do your typical manicure. So if you get manicures, you know that you go and at some point, like you soak your nails in water. So they don't do that. And the reason that they don't do that is because your nail bed expands when it's wet and then it's painted and then it takes several hours for the nail bed to actually dry out and that's why your polish chips because it's painted on while the nail bed is expanded. So you guys, I got a manicure today and I had gone a month with before getting another manicure and only one of my nails chipped and it's because I was like doing something very specific that caused it to chip. The time before that I had gone a month and my nails were perfect and the time before that I had gone a month. So listen, if you like to get manicures and you like to space them out as much as possible, find somewhere where you live that does dry manicures. It's like the new hot thing and I'm sure, just Google it, you will find it. My life has changed. And if only one of your manicure game changes because I shared that as my resource today, I feel good about it. (laughs) All right. So my final thing this week, I'm just going to share my gratitude with you. And my gratitude this week is for laughter. Um, I'm just thankful for it, for the ability to kind of like find humor in all kinds of situations. Um, I met with a friend the other day and we basically just laughed for an hour about ridiculous things. And when it was over, I was like, man, I really just needed that. I needed a good hour of just like laughing until I was like red and crying. And so even if you're having a hard day or a hard week or a hard year or a hard life, I would encourage you today to just like find just anything to laugh at. Um, I just felt a lot better afterwards. So I hope that for you. I hope that you can laugh about some things today. So we are going to take one deep breath together to close. Inhale. And exhale. The light in me honors the light in you. Namaste.